You're listening to The Lunar Body, a podcast for feminist menstruators who want to manage their health naturally and supernaturally through nutrition, herbalism, and intuitive expansion using science and the moon as your guides. Hello and welcome to The Lunar Body. I'm your host, Kristen Ciccolini, period priestess, nutritionist, and the founder of Good Witch Kitchen. I know this show is supposed to be about the practical and the mystical, and I've been heavier on the practical this season for sure. There are a few reasons for that. First, there's just so much information that I think is so important to get out there, especially about abortion and birth control and all of the options that are out there for us to take care of our bodies. Those subjects have definitely taken a priority, but I do want to remember that part of taking care of your health is focusing on your mental and spiritual well-being too. Now, I don't get very personal in here, and I'm not going to, but (laughs) I will say I've gone through huge changes over the last year, and I've definitely done a lot of growing even just over the last few months where I've been focused specifically on mindset, and I've done a lot of work on my mindset over the years. I used to be an incredibly negative, depressed person. And then I lived with an incredibly negative, depressed person. And I realized I just didn't want to be that way. You know, I just being judgmental for no reason. Like I lived with that every day and it made me think differently and I hated it. You know, my immediate instinct was always to find something to hate about everything. (laughs) So it's no wonder I was so depressed. So I made an effort to change that. And I will say, I find myself dropping back into it when I spend a little too much time like on social media. Like I'll notice something as soon as I see something cringy or judgeworthy uh, on TikTok or something, even if I could not care less about the supposedly judgeworthy thing, I just know that other people will judge. I immediately open the comments on a TikTok video to see someone mention it. And it's almost, it's like a coping mechanism. It is. It, It actually probably is. I mean, I lived with a narcissist who was always judging. So to point out things that could be judged before someone else could, I had to be hyper aware. So you get stuck in that thinking. So there's that. But it wasn't till the last few months that I've been really conscious of it and really focused on changing that. And the journey for me right now is that I'm exploring more about myself and my power, not just like the voice I have in this space or the privilege I have or that kind of power, but I'm talking like my internal spiritual power that I have to create in my life, which I've always known that's like half this podcast, but as we grow and we evolve and we learn more about ourselves you know, we find more power in that. So in that process, my usual tools have taken a bit of a backseat and I've been less interested in writing about it for the show this season. And it's, it's kind of what I said before, you don't need anything to create magic except for your own energy and everything else, all the tools, the crystals, the tarot cards, the herbs, the candles, all of that fun stuff is just a plus. So what I've been doing is just exploring that very basic energy. And I don't want to use the word optimize because that sounds so extractive, but strengthening that energy with new knowledge, new experiences that give me a better understanding of it, and then bringing the tools I like back in sort of with fresh eyes. And I know I'm being vague. (laughs) Basically, I'm working through emotional trauma, which is why I'm not being very specific. But the main thing I've been focusing on is my beliefs. You know, what don't I like about my situation and how did I get here? What do I believe about myself that got me in this situation? 
or what do I believe about my self-worth that allowed me to stay in that situation or to have certain experiences or to allow myself to be treated a certain way. It's really not easy to look at those things, but you have to. If you're unhappy with your life, you really have to dig deep and understand the stories you tell yourself and how they're contributing to the way you experience the world. And obviously they're not the only factor, but your beliefs and your perceptions are really a huge, you know, huge factor in how you experience the world. So this is something that I'm still in the middle of, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that was all a preface for today's episode, which is diving back into the tools, diving back into tarot. And with my shift in focus to better understanding my own energy, I've definitely relied less on pulling cards on a regular basis, but I didn't want to step away from them entirely because I love them. I love my tarot cards. And there's so many ways that you can find value in them, even when you're not doing daily spreads or consulting them with your questions. And one of those ways is by taking what you know about a card and living through it. So we're going to talk about the menstrual phases as tarot archetypes to give you a few ideas of how you can blend cycle syncing with your tarot practice, even when you fall out of daily practice. And I know many people who have phases with their tools. It's all intuitive. Sometimes you're pulling a card every day. Sometimes you don't touch them for months. So we all go through phases with our tools. But in this episode, we're going to go through each cycle phase. And I'll share a few cards that I feel embody the energy of that phase so you can take cues from it for your daily activities, like moving through your day with big empress energy, that kind of thing. (laughs) So let's start with the empress. Actually, we'll start with the follicular phase. And the empress is kind of an obvious one since the typical interpretation is fertility. The follicular phase is the growth phase of your cycle. It's when you're preparing the body for ovulation and when you are moving towards fertility. And estrogen is increasing, which makes you feel more nurturing, more creative, more abundant as the phase progresses. And these are all words to describe the empress. She represents our outward emotional expression, and she's ruled by Venus, which is all about luxury, pleasure, romance, things that are high value to you and that feel good to you. And if you look at her in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, she's wearing a beautiful robe and a crown and seated on comfortable cushions. It's just a very soft and sensual vibe. You know, you know that vibe. It's like wearing the good underwear when no one's going to see it because it makes you feel good. <laughs> it's lighting your fancy candle and wearing the expensive perfume instead of saving them for special occasions or wearing your silk pajamas to bed, buying yourself flowers, taking your sweet ass time with your skincare routine eating foods that make you feel really good. And it doesn't have to be any of those things specifically, but one of the ways to embody the empress is to indulge in yourself and not feeling guilty for doing the things that you love, really embracing things that appeal to your five senses. And it's it's self-nourishment from every angle. And not to be cliche, but it's you filling up your cup so that you can share that nurturing energy with others and you can have that feeling of abundance and you can feel refreshed so that creative energy within you can thrive. And when you treat yourself with love and respect, you attract more of that in your life. And you also become way less stressed, which opens up so much more mental space for intuition, for creativity, for emotional availability. And the Empress also represents feelings and pleasure rather than logic. So you're more detail-oriented and administrative in your luteal phase, but your follicular phase is a little bit dreamier. So embodying the empress in your follicular phase is to nourish yourself, embrace pleasure, and kind of live your best life. 
I also think the Ace of Wands is another worthwhile archetype to consider for the follicular phase. It's not exactly a character that you can embody, but it's a vibe. It's a completely literal interpretation here. Ace is the beginning of a cycle. Wands represent creativity and fire energy, which is action, all relating back to the energy we experience as estrogen increases. So it obviously mirrors this phase, but what can we learn from it exactly? I think it's action, trusting your instincts, having confidence in yourself to go for things that you want in life. And if you feel resistance to that, maybe this is where you get a little clarity about your fears and your beliefs. What is it that you want in life and what are you afraid to actually pursue? You can explore it now or later in your cycle, but it's worth taking note of so that you can actually start to do some of that mindset work that I mentioned earlier, understanding the beliefs that you have about what you're able to do or what you deserve. Where do you need to be more confident so that you can feel good about taking action? What would you need to believe about yourself to get to that level of confidence? Is it a story you're telling yourself that you even need to have that level of confidence to pursue your dreams in life? All good questions to consider. Moving into the ovulatory phase in the body, estrogen hits its peak. This is your brightest, happiest, most radiant self. Typically you feel on top of the world. You're able to keep up your workout routine. Like you want to everything on your to-do list is getting done. You are productive and unstoppable. I think the most obvious archetype your mind goes to is the sun. This is the full moon fire phase. It's your most external, active, and energized phase, which does align with more solar masculine qualities. But I think it also works here because there's a sense of liberation with the sun. And the way I like to look at it, especially as I open the episode talking about mindset, liberation from negativity, from the pessimism of the world, And yes, there is plenty to be pessimistic about, but we can't dwell there. We can't exist there forever. And it doesn't mean ignoring the realities of the world, but it does mean being mindful of what you allow in and how it affects you. So in this phase, if you're feeling out of alignment and you aren't feeling the typical high energy, good mood around ovulation, embodiment of the sun would be casting a light on everything that you're letting into your life, really taking stock of everything that's there. What can you prune away? What can you choose to look at a little bit more optimistically? Where are you taking your blessings for granted? What are things that don't quite feel like blessings that you can't get rid of? And how can you shift your perspective about it? Doing that isn't always easy, but, you know, start with one thought that is happier than where you are now, even if it's just a neutral thought rather than a positive one. That is still movement towards that liberation. And the more you practice this, the more you'll create more of the sun's radiance inside you, radiating good feeling, which is attractive to who and what you want. People want to be around people that feel good and who make them feel good. And this mindset practice is working on your inner self to reflect in the outer self. And as you look at the sun's rays in the card, you see it's literally not always a straight line. It is a process. So be kind to yourself just as you would a child who's learning something new. We can also look to the queen of wands here. You might not immediately consider a queen for more masculine energy phase, but she's still a symbol of fertility. And remember, fertility cannot just mean physical fertility and the the ability to ovulate, but also creativity and other areas that you're well-resourced. So she's of this world, but she knows herself well. She knows what she wants. She knows how to get it. And she doesn't have to force and manipulate to do it. She conducts herself in a way that the world 
organizes around her. That's the queen bitch energy that you want. Not in an arrogant way, but in a way that you expect the best for yourself and no less. And to embody this is to remember your power and let that support you in areas where you need confidence, where you need to show up as your best self, especially if you're not fully in alignment with this phase and could use a little encouragement. Now moving on to the luteal phase after you ovulate, if you aren't pregnant, there's nothing for the egg to do, but dissolve and release. It's a good metaphor for life, isn't it? (laughs) The luteal phase starts to move towards more internal focus as your estrogen drops, calming progesterone takes over and your energy starts to wind down. And if you've binge listened to all my episodes, I know this explanation of the phases might get repetitive, but I just like to give a reminder and also explain for the newbies here. So the key word that I just said is release. What does release really mean? on an emotional, energetic level. It's not just letting go, but acceptance, surrender. It's like the final stage of grief. Uh, I laugh because I was thinking of, um, I forget what the TV show was, but do you guys remember that uh, stages of grief with the giraffe, that old video? It's really funny. You should Google it. (laughs) It's a giraffe in quicksand. Just Google that. Anyway, so there's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and ultimately acceptance. And you don't have to have gone through some depressing event. You don't have to grieve to surrender. But think about the resistance that you might feel if you don't know what's happening in your body at this time. You're trying to keep up the same exercise routine, but you don't have enough energy. You're trying to rally for all those social events that you agreed to when you were ovulating, but now you just want to crawl in a hole and avoid everyone. When you understand your body better, you accept things as they are. You surrender to the process You lean into what your body needs rather than constantly resisting it. And that's a lesson that we take from the hanged man. And in this card, there's a man hanging upside down from a cross, one leg suspended from the cross and the other in a figure four position. He does not look distressed. He's pretty relaxed. This is a position that he's in by choice, or if not by choice, he's at least accepted where he is and he's at peace, not resisting. And what are you doing when you're upside down? You're seeing things from a different perspective. And you might find this pretty obvious when you compare how you felt in your follicular phase to how you might feel in your luteal phase. Going back to the example of social outings, all that excitement you have for other people, being in community with others, feeling social and nurturing. In your luteal phase, it might feel like, wait a minute, I'm the main character here. The focus needs to be back on me. And the hanged man is just an invitation to pause and take a look around. And the luteal phase is a really great time to evaluate things. Take a step back. Look at how everything's going. Are you moving towards your goals? Are you in alignment with the things that you want in life? Are the people you're surrounding yourself with making you happy? Just thinking critically and thoughtfully about these things gives you new insight and new awareness that you can take with you to the next cycle. We can also look into the six of wands for lessons. So this card's a bit gloomy just on first glance, but there are positives here. It shows a man and a woman and a child in a boat, and it's a somber looking image. The colors are a bit muted. The waters behind them are choppy, but it's smooth sailing ahead. And the swords are positioned in the front of the boat. They're standing up straight in the boat, pointed side down, but they're not weighing the boat down in any way, which I think is an important detail. So the six of swords is often associated with transition and movement, and it can be interpreted as a representation or of a journey 
from a difficult or challenging situation to a more stable and peaceful one. And as Rachel Pollock notes in the book, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, it's an especially silent card. And she says, a great silence fills the card like the silence of Salvador Dali's paintings. She also says it can mean functioning in some difficult situation without attacking the problems. So this is a card of radical acceptance. So I feel like that silence is representative of the acceptance, not focusing on the problems, but just powering through. And I think radical acceptance, it's a really beneficial therapeutic practice of accepting things as they are without resistance, not because you think it's okay or letting things slide or things like that, but just so you can more clearly see your way through. It's another mindset practice. But resistance just gets in the way. It You can't move forward when you're resisting something. You can't see the way through when you're resisting something because you're so focused on the issues that you can't see the solution, you know? So the card doesn't necessarily mean things will be difficult. The lesson we can take from it is just the quiet passage from one phase to another, turning inward, focusing more on the internal. It's a time of physical and emotional change as the body is adjusting to the end of the cycle and prepares for the transition into the next. Now, during the luteal phase, your body's experiencing hormonal changes as it prepares for either a potential pregnancy or menstruation. And this is the phase where PMS comes up. You might have physical or emotional changes, cramping, bloating, fatigue, mood swings. Any cycle in life can feel sad as well, which you'll see reflected in this card, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's more of a release and you grow and you evolve with each cycle. But with each release, it can feel, depending on what you're letting go of, there can be a little bit of sadness. But bring back in the ease and the calm of the hanged man, the acceptance, the lack of resistance, and this can make this movement into the next phase much smoother. So look towards what'll bring you the most happiness, the most in alignment with your values and your needs and what you want out of life. Shamelessly and fearlessly cut out the things that aren't doing it for you as much as you can. Release the baggage. And then finally, in the menstrual phase, I personally like to look into the hermit for this phase. It's an invitation to withdraw from the external world in order for us to go deeper internally. And what better time to do that than when you are at your most intuitive and introspective, when you're actually feeling like you want to focus on your inner self. You know, nothing is worse than when you're feeling super social, you want to be out and about with your friends, everyone's busy, right? And you have to spend it alone. <laughs> well, I'm an introvert, so I, I love spending time alone, but sometimes I feel that way, you know, and I can only imagine how extroverts feel. But at least in this phase, you actually want to be alone. So it really serves you to do so too. So you might as well use that alone time to your advantage where it really best serves your mind and your body because your mind and your body are in a state of heightened awareness and sensitivity in the menstrual phase. That's why it's said to be more intuitive. So from a scientific perspective, the belief is that your intuition is located in the right side of your brain. And the tissue that connects the right and left side of your brain is actually thicker in women's brains. And the right brain is associated with gut feelings, which makes sense because the gut and brain are connected. The gut is often referred to as a second brain. So the right brain is associated with gut feelings, while the left is more logic-focused. And in your menstrual phase, not only is that tissue between them thicker, but there's more activity between the left and right brain at that time. And so that's why you may notice that your intuition is stronger in the menstrual phase. 
So pay attention and pay attention to your feelings. Pay attention to your dreams. Your dreams can tell you a lot about what you're working out in your brain. It's processing experiences. It's processing the beliefs that you have and the stories that you have. It's Or it depends on what you're feeding your brain before bed. For instance, it might just be, you know, Prince Harry was in your dream because you were watching the Harry and Meghan documentary before bed. And that's all it is. Don't have to read any more into it. But sometimes it's a little deeper than that. And the more you pay attention, the more you'll know what's what and what's impacting your dreams and what your brain is just trying to work out. But by embracing the introspective and solitary nature of this phase, you can cultivate a deeper connection to your inner wisdom. You'll have better self-awareness, better self-knowledge, and an understanding of your own needs and wants too. A lot of our resistance comes from not having clarity, but allowing yourself this quiet time, it really helps to clear the mental clutter, especially if you're taking the time to evaluate in the luteal phase. And then not to be completely obvious, but the moon is also reflective of the menstrual phase as well. It's often associated with the subconscious mind, intuition, and your dreams, which is everything we're talking about. But the card is also about reflecting your internal self to the outer world, making the unconscious conscious. And this is not always voluntary, or it may not bring up positive feelings, especially if you're not in tune with your mind and body. And Think about people who just can't be alone. Maybe that's you. You know, you can't bear sitting alone with your thoughts. It's likely because you haven't made friends with yourself yet, or you haven't really explored your inner self and aren't looking forward to what you'd find. Or, you know, maybe there's trauma there and you need to do this with a professional. So in this phase, the invitation is there. This is the invitation of the moon. It is a time in your cycle when your deep shit is going to bubble up to the surface, whether you like it or not. So use this phase wisely and tackle it. Uncover your emotions, journal it out, go to therapy, listen to affirmations, consider the beliefs that you hold about yourself, the stories that you're telling yourself, everything I talked about in the beginning. It's not always comfortable, but the more you get used to facing your own shit, I won't say it necessarily gets easier, but you do get more comfortable with the process. So that is my little shorty episode. I I hope you like the short ones. I do like shorter and longer and sometimes it's just, you know, just a little discussion about tarot cards. So uh, those are the menstrual phases as tarot archetypes and the lessons we can learn from the cards, even if they're not currently in your daily practice. And I would love to know if you have a tarot practice that revolves around your cycle or if you have different choices for an archetype that you like to embody in each phase. You're always welcome to email me your thoughts at thelunarbody at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Lunar Body. This one woman production is listener supported. And if you'd like to support the show, you can check out the podcast perks in the show notes. Visit my virtual tip jar at goodwitchkitchen.net slash tip. Or you can subscribe and leave a rating or review in iTunes so other lovely lunar feminists like you find my show. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at thelunarbody at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at goodwitchkitchen. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time.